This morning, I was excited about being together, and I gave you a few thoughts from Psalm 122 when the psalmist said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Brother Hiles said years ago, maybe the number one discipline in the Christian life is church attendance. Church attendance. A lot of things happen when you attend church. And uh, oftentimes, it is something that is waning as commitment is waning and lack of love for God and lack of understanding of what the Bible teaches. People have decided that church is a non-essential. And I could not be more emphatic to say that is just dead wrong. Uh, God has made you and I with a great need for the Word of God, for the Spirit of God, and for the church of God. You need it. You're not too big for it. You're not too strong for it. You don't have enough Bible knowledge to exempt yourself from the local Bible-believing church. Philippians chapter 1 opens with, the, with churches, pastors, and their bishops, and their deacons. We find that all through the New Testament, the only time you won't find the church is in the tribulation period from uh, Revelation chapter 4 and verse number 1. Before that, you'll see the church. After that, you won't. Now, I don't want to be here in the tribulation period. I'm glad I'm part of the church. Amen. But I want to encourage you. Uh, the church is important. And even way back when, the church in the wilderness, God put the uh, church as an essential part <coughs> of His people's lives. And He wired them that way. From the book of Leviticus, in Egypt, uh, in, in Exodus, he got Egypt, his people out of Egypt. In Leviticus, he gave him his word and his ways of worship, and it included a lot of emphasis on a place and on a people group. And I'm glad I can be a part of that. I'm glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. I enjoyed it this morning. I'm going to enjoy it next week. I enjoy it right now being with you. And I hope you enjoy gathering with God's people. I saw friends waving at each other and smiling and, and wanting just to be together. And that's going to happen. But right now, we certainly want to exercise some wisdom. But it's a good thing. I love singing together. It's one thing we can do all at the same time, and it brings glory to the Lord, and He wants us to enter into praise with Him with singing. So a lot of good things about the local church. I want to give you eight things, four of which I gave you this morning. I'm going to add four more real quickly. See, things I see in Psalm 122. Let's look at it and read it together. You've got it right there. If you're at home, or you are watching in one of our rooms here at the, uh, the, at the uh, AOB building, you're, wherever you are, I know some of you, I've got one of my friends who's driving a truck back from Ohio tonight, so don't you look in your Bible. <laughs> but if you can get where your Bible is, would you look at it with me? Let's just read it out loud together, wherever you may be, beginning at verse number 1 of Psalm 122. I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. Our feet shall stand within thy gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is a building as a city that is compact together. Whether the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, and to the testimony of Israel, to give thanks unto the name of the Lord. For there are set throne judgment, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They shall prosper that love thee. Peace within thy walls, and prosperity within thy palaces. For my brethren and companions' sake, I will now say, Peace be within thee. Because of the house of the Lord our God, 
I will seek thy good. Heavenly Father, in the few moments we're together this evening, would you help me understand how to convey your word to your friends this evening? Some may be watching, they're not saved. Bring tonight, be their day of salvation. Many of us were saved, but we're, we need to be provoked to get more involved and more serious about the house of the Lord. Would you please help me? We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Why is it good and why am I glad? Why are we glad to get together? Several things we see here. Number one, he says in verse number two, that my feet will stand within thy gates. And that speaks of attendance. It's a good thing for you to be in church. I thank God for the internet. I thank God for the, the live stream and we understand it and praise God for all the technology we have today. But if you have a choice to watch it online or be in the place, let me encourage you to put your feet inside that church house. Be there. Moms and dads, don't get lazy. Don't hurt your children. This is not the same as being in the house of the Lord. Let me encourage you. We see here attendance is important. Number two, the testimony to an unsaved world is important. People who are Christians ought to attend church. Not only because it's commanded by God, because it's a testimony to the unsaved world. They need to know that you and I are faithful in attending church. I find that is the case in my neighborhood. Most of my neighbors do not attend church uh, as frequently as we do. Now, I'm the pastor, but uh, even before I was ever a pastor, I was a school teacher. I went to church every time the doors were open. And I did that because my dad and my mom did that too. They modeled for me that example. And young couples, don't get lazy. When God gives you a baby, don't fall in love with the gift at the expense of the giver. Hey, listen, that baby needs to be in church. That child needs to be in the house of God. He needs to grow up getting used to being. This is, this is what we do. I am so thankful. The night I got saved, I was six years old in the first grade. God convicted my heart. I had heard literally hundreds of other messages before that Sunday night. But it was that Sunday night that the Holy Spirit of God began to work in my heart, convict me of my sin, the need of the righteousness of Jesus Christ, and of judgment to come if I rejected it. That night, my heart was convicted, and a few hours later, I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. I didn't drive myself to church that Sunday night. My mom and dad did. They loved me enough to expose me to the house of God. They got my feet inside the church family. I want to encourage you to attend. Be a good testimony. It's part of the testimony. Christians ought to go to church, and uh, that's what God wants us to do. Number three, I shared this morning, that's a place where we should publicly praise the Lord. While we were praying, I was praying, I was praying with Brother Turner here, and while we were praying together, uh, I heard him publicly praise God as he put his hands together and he said, God, thank you for letting us assemble this morning. It was so good, and we praise you for making that happen. Hey, listen, something happened to me when he was praying that. I like to hear public praise and no one likes to hear it more than God and he likes to hear it when his brothers and his children get together and it provokes each other. It challenges each other to praise the Lord publicly. And then we talked about it's a place where judgments. He says uh, it's the throne of judgments. And I just take that, that situation and I think you can probably see that in the house of David on his throne and his palace there were decisions made. And God has spoken about his decisions. He's given his word, and I, I maybe take a little liberties there, but I do believe at the church is a place where we get to hear God's opinion about things. Listen, opinions come and opinions go. 
But what we want to know is what God's opinion is. I'm not always this way, but I would hope that nine times out of ten, if you listen to John Wilkerson flap his soup coolers or open his mouth and preach a message, I hope that you're hearing what does the Bible say, not just what John Wilkerson's opinion. I have some strong opinions, and I want them to be strong where the Bible's strong. Can I just remind you, as I said this this morning, God speaks about every issue either in precepts, do it or don't do it, or in principles. Now, some folks struggle with precepts, thou shalt not. But other people struggle with principles. They want to explain away personal standards of holiness. They want to explain away uh, drinking alcohol. They want to explain away immorality. It's okay for them to live together and not be married. It's okay for these dress standards to be shut out the window. Hey, listen, friend, I just think God's people and the grace of God that bring the salvation has appeared to all men, but it's also teaching me to live holy and righteous and godly in this present world. And a right relationship with the Word of God and hearing what the Bible says is extremely important. Many people cry, well, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? What's right with it? What's right with it? What does God want you to do? Well, and you know how pastor feels about that. What does the Bible say? And if I'm wrong, come talk to me. Let's talk about it. I don't, I don't, I want to be easy to be entreated, but I want you to be happy you did at the judgment seat of Christ and not wish you would have. I want you to be reminded, listen, it's time for high road holiness. It's time for staying on the high road of holiness and not taking the dips into the world. The Bible is very clear that he doesn't want me to be like the world. Isn't he? I'm in the world, but he doesn't want the world on me. Pure religion is learning to bridle your mouth. It is ever to give generously of your, of your substance and is to keep yourself unspotted from the world. We live in this world, but God doesn't want the world in us. And I think it's important that we take the high road in every facet of life. By the way, if you want to criticize someone, criticize someone. Don't criticize someone who has a higher standard of holiness than you do. Now, I think the heart is what's important. You understand that? I understand that. But you know, this is what is going to affect the heart. Godly, holy living, a right relationship with the Bible. And the higher you have a greater opinion of the Lord Jesus Christ and the God of this Bible, the higher your lifestyle will be. You want to please Him, not just to appease Him. You want to make Him delightfully happy, not just to keep Him from, from conking you on the head or the proverbial head that you might think that God is doing. He's not doing that. But he's laid it out. You do obey, you'll get a blessing. You want to disobey, you get a cursing. God's going to deal with us that way. But boy, we ought to make sure we're, we're on the high road. And I, I think preaching is very, very good on that. But let's look right here at the scriptures if we can, please. Go back to your pastor's scripture. And let's look, if we can, at verse number 6. The Bible says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They shall prosper that love thee. Peace be within thy walls. And I want to talk to you just for a second about another reason for church is for prayer. Now, pastor has not done a good job in the First Baptist Church family of leading us in this area. I think this situation has kind of helped us. But I do believe that I've said this a hundred times and maybe more. God's house should be a house of prayer. But we need to be more fervent about our prayer. I thank God for prayer meetings. There'll be prayer meetings all week, this week, in different locations. Some out the Don Boyd Auditorium, some here at the AOB building. Different locations, there'll be people gathering to pray. Have you been to one of those prayer meetings lately? Have you been to a prayer meeting by yourself? Have you incorporated a corporate prayer with somebody else? 
I believe it's important. I don't think we can work, and we can work, and I'm used to working, you're used to working. But oh, how we need to seek the Lord in prayer. Uh, Jesus said I would all, that, that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands. I want them to pray and not to faint. Uh, he wants the ladies to pray. He wants men to pray. Teenagers, you want to pray. I heard the other day, and of course, a great message recently by Brother Johnny Pope, and he reminded us why prayer is important. Why? Because it's important to God. Number two, it permeated the life of Jesus. Number three, it's a command from God to pray. Number four, prayer changes things. It changes people, and it changes me. Oh, listen, friend. Uh, God's house should be a place of prayer. He says, I want you to pray for the peace of this Jerusalem here. You know, I, I love this because I think it gives us an element that prayer should be a part of every service. I've had a couple people tell me, not very many people, but a couple people tell me, man, you pray too much over there. <laughs> we do. We pray for the offering. We pray to open the service. We oftentimes have prayer seasons before. We pray at the end, and that's all right. I don't think we can pray too much. Sometimes I talk too much and probably preach too much and don't say amen too loud on that situation. <laughs> but we need to do more talking to the Lord too. We need to pray. And we find here that church is a great place for me to attend. It's a good thing for me to have a good testimony. It's, it's, it's fantastic for me to hear God's judgments and find out what are God's opinion about things. It's also a place of prayer. But I want you to look back at verse number 6. Are you looking there? Look at chapter one, or Psalm 122, verse number 6. He said, I want you to pray uh, for the peace of Jerusalem. And I want you to look at the next one. Read it with me, these next several words at the conclusion of verse number 6. They shall prosper. I think this tells us another reason that the church is important. Because you know what church does? As we gather together with God's people, in Hebrews chapter 10, the Bible tells us this. He says, you know what? I want you to consider one another. To provoke one another to love and to good works. Do you know what is fostered when a person is faithful to church in a good church where the word of God is preached? Where the Son of God is exalted, where the love of God is felt, I think a love for God is fostered. And you know the Bible says that love brings, in this verse of Scripture, it brings prosperity. He said people will prosper who love God. That's really where it's at. You can tell a lot about me if I love God. And I can tell a lot about you. 1 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse number 3, the Bible says if any man love God... Everyone knows it. The same is known of him. And you know, I think a lot of love has been fostered in my life by gathering together at youth conference, youth meetings, uh, Sunday school classes, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. You know what you don't know and maybe even subliminally we don't understand is when we hear God's word, faith is fostered. And whenever you exercise faith in the Lord, you're saying, Lord, I love you. I love you. You're understanding God's love for you and you want to reciprocate that. The Bible says we're supposed to be rooted and grounded in love. But you know what? Somebody who loves God will prosper. They'll, they'll experience prosperity. I'd like to encourage you to consider this. Start watching people who are faithful to church. Faithful. Sunday mornings. And I'm not saying they're perfect because you go to church. But people that are faithful... And they're not just sitting there. They're engaged. People that sing. People that take their Bible and they're paying attention and they're writing notes. And 
Church is not something they have to do. It's something they get to do. You watch how they live. Now, I know we got some hypocrites in there, and come on in, we can take another one. But I will say to you, friend, that I think some of the sweetest people on the planet are people who have been exposed to the house of God, the preaching of God's Word, the fellowship of the believers. And you know what? Something is fostered, even somewhat unknown to the person, is they're developing a love relationship, not with just the church, but with the God of the church. And God blesses those. How about this verse? How about uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 28? You know it, and we know that all things work together for good. Now, if you stop the verse there, it's not really accurate. You've got to keep on going. Matter of fact, it might be good to go to verse number 29 too. But he said, all things work together for good to them who love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. I, I submit to you that being in the house of God, why it's good and why we ought to be glad to go there is because love is fostered. When you hear about how good God is, when you see His love demonstrated in His people, I've sat by people at, uh, at Memory Lane and other funeral services around. I've sat by people in hospitals and I've heard them say, Pastor, what do people do when they don't have a church family? Do you know why people love them in a church family? Because God fosters love in them. And then God blesses them. He prospers them. And I'm not just talking about financially, but I think financially. <laughs> I talked to a man today. He said, Pastor, he said, I had no idea because my wife got ill. They told me in this coronavirus, they looked like I was going to get laid off. He said, actually, Pastor, God has helped us. He's healed my wife. He's paid her bills. He's reduced our debt. We've got things going on that God has helped us with. We're actually, God has taken a, 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 a set up a table in the wilderness for us. You know, he loves God all the more because of that. There's some prosperity going on in his family, in his relationships, in his finances. And I believe God is not beyond doing that for you and for me. But I do believe that when we attend church, love is fostered. And love fosters prosperity that comes from God. It comes from His wonderful Word. Um, so, I just want to remind you of a couple things and I'll give you another thought and we'll dismiss in just a moment. Number one, I want to remind you that the church is a place that needs to be attended. It's a church. When I attend church, I set up a reputation for God, a good testimony in an unsaved world. It's a place where I can publicly praise God and express gratitude with other brothers and sisters who feel the same way. I said this morning, if you got up in the middle of Wrigley Field and started praising God, they'd probably throw beer on you. They don't give a rip about that. But when you do it with God's people, yeah. something about that. It's a place where I can publicly express my great gratitude to God. Boy, you talk about a political arena when our vice president says something, he praises God. Instead of getting everybody saying, Amen. No, everybody wants to shoot arrows at him, you know, pushing his religion on us. But when in the house of God, it's a place where we can get praise and we can offer public praise to a God who deserves it. It's a place where we get to hear God's judgment. It's a place where prayers are offered. It's a place where love is fostered and true prosperity becomes a reality in the lives of people who are faithful to God's house. And then I want to encourage you to look at the last one. And I'll ask you to look at verse number 7. Peace be within thy walls and prosperity within thy palaces. My brethren... 
and companion's sake, for my brother and companion's sake, I will now say, peace be within thee, and I will seek thy good at the end of course, verse number nine. The last thing is peace and unity are enjoyed. I think this whole Psalms of Ascent can conclude with Psalm 133, how good and how pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. What, what's your opinion of the church? You know what? I don't care. <laughs> what's God's opinion of the church? And if God thinks it's important, and He does, it's a pillar and ground of truth. By the way, if you're listening to me and you got saved, you got saved because of a church somewhere did its job. Somebody showed up. Somebody prayed. Someone loved God. Someone prospered. Someone heard His judgments. Somebody put their feet inside the gates of that church. Somebody had a good testimony. And you know what the result of it is? Peace and unity are a byproduct. I like that. Probably one of my greatest joys and the greatest thing I love to be known as is somebody who brought peace. The Bible says we ought to teach our children the words of the Lord and then great will be the peace of our children. You know, you want to, you want to give more turmoil to your children, keep them away from the Bible. Don't let them go to Sunday school. Forget Sunday night and midweek service. Don't do family devotions. Boy, you want your children to have peace. Get them in the Word of God. A fast track to peace is getting them to the Lord in prayer and the Scriptures. I want to encourage you to do that. I want to encourage you to have peace. You see how peace is oftentimes brought up in this passage of Scripture? Because we need it. 